Hey friends, you're listening to the Something Good Podcast with Emily Hearn, where the heart of a blog transitions into spoken word. I'm excited to be able to hang out with each of you in your cars, your kitchens, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. My hope for this podcast is to be open and transparent about what the Lord is teaching me, as well as the humorous events of my life. So grab your earphones, your aux cord, or your Bluetooth speaker, and get ready for something good. Hey y'all, you're listening to the Something Good Podcast with Emily Hearn. Today I just wanted to talk more about my decision to go into school counseling. I know in the first episode I talked a little bit about my decision to change my majors throughout college um, and then the fact that I'm in grad school now, but I just wanted to share with y'all the story of how I got to this place and how I became passionate about students and where my love of students come from. So a little bit more about me is, so I grew up in the church and with that, I attended children's church and student ministry. And, you know, once I got to college, you know, a college and young adult ministry. And so now I'm kind of stuck in between. And (laughs) it's funny because there aren't a lot of churches in the area that I live in that offer an in-between small group class. So right now I'm kind of just um, jumping around and trying to figure out where best I fit. So anyways, um, back to students. So Because I grew up in the church, I was very involved with events that happened at the church or mission trips that we went on and things like that. So I went on a bunch of trips. Honestly, if I sat down and count out all the retreats and mission trips and events that I went to, I really don't know if I could count on two hands. Like it would probably be my hands and my feet and someone else's hands and feet. So anyways, um... So after I graduated high school, I still continued to invest in the youth group at my home church and um, volunteer at, you know, Disciple Nows across the state and even a few out of state. And so I really enjoyed getting to sit around a group of students and just talk about God's word and honestly just listen to them talk about their day-to-day life. It was really interesting to see how they cope with things how they experienced things in a different way than I experienced them when I was their age. And what's great about this is I'm not that much older than them. I'm only five years out of high school. This coming spring, it'll be five years out of high school. So I'm really not that much older than the students that um, I spend time with. And so I think what's really cool about it is the fact that I can relate to them on that kind of level. And, you know, some of them will look at me, like middle school students will look at me and think that I'm way older than them, but I do remember the experiences that I had when I was their age. And so I just wanted to kind of talk about that a little more and also share a story about um, my attempt to invest in one particular student. Of course, I'm not going to share her name because, you know, I want to protect her um, and her privacy. So, Um, when I got to college and I finally decided that I wanted to work with students and I didn't really know how, um, until I got to Mississippi State and I decided to major in educational psychology with my emphasis being counseling. And so I started to do more research on what counselors do and who they are and all the ways in which they can advocate for their clients. And so 
One of the biggest things for me is to make sure that every student that I come in contact with feels heard and feels seen and also feels a sense of acceptance around them. And so I remember being in high school and struggling with a lot of things that were going on at home or not necessarily at home, but just in my personal life and, you know, just inner struggles that I was um, trying to fight. I felt like I was doing it a little bit on my own. And I knew around me there were friends and peers of mine that were struggling with the same things, but it's almost hard to talk to the people around you because one, either they're not going through the same thing you are. Um, Two, they are going through the same thing, but they've already made it out and it doesn't seem to affect them anymore. Or three, um, they are experiencing it, but responding in different ways or don't have the same values and beliefs as you do. And so I remember feeling like that in high school and feeling like there was no one that felt the same way I did. And there was no one that had the same insecurities as I did. Or maybe they did and they didn't have the same family I did. So they don't cope with it the same way I did. And so like, it's crazy to think about all the students and all the children that go through possibly the same things together, but still feel so alone. And so I remember being in high school and thinking about those things and trying to figure out a way to process everything. Um, And I remember a few young adults, whether it be college students who were volunteering at an event that I was attending or whether it be an adult who just saw the need, um, they reached out to me and it was really helpful to know that regardless of whether they were in the same season of life as me, I knew that I could process this with someone by my side. And so I began to see the importance of discipleship in my life. And so I started to um, want more of that. And so I just decided in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, what if this is what I'm supposed to do with my life? And so what if there's a student like me who is sitting in the same desk as me at my high school and is feeling like they're experiencing the same things I did and feel lost and feel like there's no one that they can sit down and talk to and that there's no one that will listen to them or no one that will reason with them. And so I remember um, having those people in my life and I remember wanting to be that person for someone else. And so not necessarily so that I could get the fame or glory from it, but more so because I knew that I wanted to be the person that I needed whenever I was a child and whenever I was a teenager. And so when I got older, I saw the need for community more so than discipleship and or discipleship in my own life. And so I think it's important for all of us to still continue to seek discipleship, whether we're being discipled and then turning around and discipling someone else. But with community, having people around you, like I said in the last um, episode, having community around you, a group of people who will wrap around you and encourage you and love on you and just walk with you through those times of life. And so, um, and then the next thing I started to think about is being an advocate for something. You think about all these people being advocates for women's rights or African-American rights or um, a certain political party or the gospel of Jesus Christ, like you think about all these people who are advocates for these things and you're like, oh my gosh, like what is it that I want to be an advocate for? And I started to think and I'm like, 
students. I love students and I love kids and I want to be able to be an advocate for them. I want to be able to fight for them because if they don't feel like there's anybody to fight for them, then they don't feel like fighting for themselves. And I think that every child and every teenager and honestly every adult needs to know that there's someone out there that is willing to fight for them. And ultimately being um, our God who fights for us in every single season of our lives, that's why we look back and we see his faithfulness and his goodness in our lives. And side note, I'm super thankful for that. I know I mentioned that, but I cannot stress to y'all how thankful I am for my God and how faithful he's been through every single season. Um, But just like God is an advocate for us, I want to be able to be an advocate for my students. I want to be able to sit there and say, hey, I know I'm not feeling this in the moment. And I know that this is overwhelming for you and you don't know how to respond, but let's sit down and let's talk about it and let's figure out how we can get you through this together so that you don't feel like you're alone and you don't feel like there's no hope for you. And so um, the next thing is to encourage, and I wanna be able to be someone who encourages others. And if I can do that for students and I can encourage them by um, supporting them at their football games or their cheerleading competitions or their band competitions. Is that what it's called? (laughs) I was in the band in middle school, so I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Um, Or track meet or whatever it is that the student is involved in, whether it be sports or an activity or some kind of event, I want to be able to support them and encourage them to continue being involved in that and surrounding themselves with other people who are like them. And even people who are not like them. I think it's important for us to be surrounded by people who are not like us. I think that it opens up a door for us to look at this world from a different perspective and it helps us to become open to loving them even more and so I'm going to tell y'all about one of the girls that I attempted to disciple whenever I was in college it was early on in college so I think it was my sophomore year and I was at a community college and I was going home every weekend because we would have um, cheerleading practice on Friday mornings and then we get to go home for the weekend and then come back Sunday night. And so it was one of the weekends I was coming home and I remember this um, this teenage girl had been on my heart lately and at the time and I remember praying and asking God to give me an opportunity to just meet with her and hang out with her. And she was younger than me, not much. I think she's in college now. And I just remember him opening a door and (laughs) her mom actually texted me the next day after I had um, spoken that prayer. And she had asked me to take her daughter out to eat. And I was like, okay, well, that's funny because I was actually thinking about her yesterday and I would love to spend some time with her and just kind of hang out and see, you know, what's going on in her life in this moment. And so I asked, I I had her number in my phone, um, but I wanted to make sure it was the right number. So I asked her mom for her number and she gave it to me and I sent her a quick text and I was like, Hey, um, I hope you're doing good. I hope school's going good. I hope you're enjoying the semester. Um, If you would like to go grab some breakfast on one weekend that I'm home, I'd love to do that so we can just catch up and, you know, just talk about life. And she texted back about a few hours later. And honestly, like after I'd seen it, I had gone about my day and I've been doing other things and I was just distracted and I wasn't thinking about it. Well, she texted a few hours later and she said, you have the wrong number. And I was like, 
Okay. And I didn't answer. And I think she was actually like 13 at the time. I can't remember. Um, I do remember she was young and there was a lot going on in her life. And um, I knew that she felt isolated wherever she was in her life. And I knew the struggles that she was going through. Um, but I wasn't going to shove those in her face and I wasn't going to bring them up until um, she was ready to talk about them. And so when she sent me that I had the wrong number, I just, you know, I didn't text back. I, I didn't text her mom and tell her that um, she said that. I just continued to pray and, you know, time went on and she never reached out again. And, I, you know, I didn't try again. I just continued to pray and ask God to open her heart to spend some time with the people that love her. And it was about a year and a half later, I was staffing at a church camp over the summer. And I remember this particular girl was going to be there that next weekend. So I was continuing to pray. And over that year and a half, in between the time that <laughs> I got rejected <laughs> and going to staff at the church camp, I um, had continued to pray for this girl. She was on my little prayer board at my desk in my room and I had her in my phone and so every time I came across her name I remember just sitting down and praying for her and praying that God would reveal himself to her and remind her that she's loved and she's not alone and so anyway that year and a half later I knew that she was going to be there that week and so I just continued to pray and I prayed even harder and harder and harder and I just remember feeling a burden and honestly a little bit embarrassed because I got slightly rejected by a teenage girl and um I remember thinking like it's not even about me honestly I'd rather her reject me than reject God and so I didn't want her to feel like um I felt that way and so I acted the same around her and you know at this point remember she doesn't know that I know that was her number like she's still thinks I have no idea. And so anyways, I remember God pulling on my heart to share a piece of my testimony um, during a staff spoken word one night towards the end of that week. And I was really nervous about it. And I was really questioning it. And I was like, honestly, like, I don't want to share this because it was really personal and it was really hard. And I'd never said the words out loud before. And, um, when I was praying about it, God was like, look, I'm going to use your testimony for my glory and I'm going to use it for your good. And I can guarantee you that there are a group of girls in this audience and maybe even guys who have experienced the same hurt and the same level of pain that you have, if not even more. And I was just like, oh my gosh, he's right. <laughs> so um, I actually couldn't eat dinner that night. I skipped dinner because my stomach was turning. I just felt super nauseous and I was just nervous. And honestly, like I felt like Satan was attacking me and trying to convince me not to share this piece of my testimony um, because he knew that it was going to be a powerful moment, not necessarily for me, but even with the other staff members that were sharing their testimonies. And anyway, um, it got to the time where I was about to share. And so I stood up in my chair and I shared um, that piece of my testimony. And, you know, after that, we continued to worship. We had the service and then it ended. And after that, we had a moment um, of invitation. And so I went outside and I was praying and I was just waiting um, to grab a teen that walked out the door. And lo and behold, who walks out the door? It's that teenage girl. And she comes and grabs me and she's in tears and she sits me down and she was like, 
I just want to apologize. I'm so sorry. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she said, you texted me over a year ago and you asked to go out to eat with me and catch up. And I was so caught up in my ways and caught up in the hurt that I was feeling. And I didn't want any help. And I didn't want to talk about anything with anybody, especially anybody from um, the church. And I rejected you. And I'm so sorry. And I just looked at her and I was like, it's okay. We can do it when we get back home. And she just started to share um, a piece of her testimony and had God not put it on my heart to share my piece of testimony, that probably never would have happened. And we would have continued to go on without confronting um, the fact that I had been rejected by her. Um, And so it was really, it was a powerful moment and I was really thankful and I was still feeling a little nauseous just because (laughs) I still felt uncomfortable about sharing that testimony. And like, as powerful as that moment was, it was still very hard for me and it's still hard for me to think back. But she, with her coming up to me and sharing that and apologizing um, for something that I pretended to, you know, ignore and just remember that, like, you know, I just assumed that she was hurting and I assumed that, you know, I was not cool enough (laughs) to take her out to eat. You know, once you get to a certain age, you're not cool anymore. So, um, or so I've been told. Well, it was a really cool moment. And honestly, I think about it often now. That was a few years ago um, because I think I was a sophomore in college. So that was um, over, it was like three years ago, I think. And so anyways, I just saw the importance of reaching out to her and to help her understand that she wasn't alone. And honestly, when we got back home a few months later, I'd come home for the weekend and um, we went out to eat and we had a good time. And after that specific meeting, we didn't go out to eat again, um, but I did try. And still to this day, I continue to pray for her. And I hope that she is continuing to pursue the Lord's will for her life. And I hope that she knows that if there were ever a moment that she could reach out to somebody, that she can reach out to me and she can trust me in that moment. And so I tell that story, and I know it was long, but I tell that story because I just know the importance of students and children to look at somebody and see that person continuously showing up for them and fighting for them. And so it was heavy on my heart to share that. And I knew that it was important for me to hear it as well come out, come out of my mouth because right now I'm looking for a chance to disciple and it's hard and life gets busy. Um, And, you know, the coronavirus has kept us away from people. But I think that with technology and with safety precautions, we're able to continue finding someone to disciple, finding someone to disciple us so that we can continue to grow towards the Lord um, and advocate for those who don't feel like they can speak up for themselves or fight for themselves. And so... um, I can't wait to get into this field. I'm in my basic classes right now. And honestly, I am loving them. They're difficult and it's a lot to process. 
but even still, I'm really enjoying it, and I have no doubt that God has placed me here for a reason, and that He has allowed me to walk through this door and to get this degree so that I can continue to be advocates for His children, and I'm just excited to get started in that, and I can't wait to share the journey along with y'all. Well, that's all I have today, and I thank you again for listening. Um, I just found out that The podcast is now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts. Um, But also you can find all the platforms on my anchor page. (laughs) So um, thank you for listening. I'm extremely thankful for y'all. I'm thankful for y'all continuing to share this on your Instagram stories. Um, It really means a lot to see the people around me um, supporting one of my dreams. And I know this sounds silly to people that one of my dreams is to record myself having a conversation but I just think it's important to express ourselves in these kinds of ways because sometimes it does feel like we can't talk to other people and so you know if you talk to yourself like I'm doing right now (laughs) it's okay um so anyways I hope y'all have a good day and I'm excited to get more into this podcast and talk to you guys later y'all have a good one